Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight is study number five of Revelation chapter three, and we're currently reading verse two, which says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. And we saw in our last study that strengthening the things which remain is a reference to sharing the truths of the Bible, of the Word of God, with the remnant that are at the point of death. And it is really information that God is giving to express the urgency that there was in bringing the gospel to the world in order that those elect hear the Word of God before they physically died, before their eternal fate was sealed. And, of course, God worked things out so that every one of them in every generation did hear the gospel. And uh, only God could have accomplished that. Only he could have moved in his people to carry his word to all the parts of the earth, all the nooks and crannies, all the towns and villages and and remote places that that exist in this world where those elect people were. And so the Lord did, and even sometimes at the very last minute, like the thief on the cross, someone literally at the point of death, they did hear and God did bless his word to their heart and create a new spirit within them, and they became born again. Well, it goes on to say here in verse 2, For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now, we know that when the Bible speaks of works, that, that first of all, no man is justified by the works of the law, and that means that no individual, not Abraham, not David, not any uh, believer, in the scriptures, has ever been justified by doing the will of God, by obeying him. Because we all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. And if any one individual, no matter who that person is, Moses or Abraham or anyone else, if any person attempted to get right with God through keeping the law, well, they couldn't do it simply by just keeping the law as Abraham did in sacrificing or in his attempt to sacrifice his son Isaac. That that was a faithful act, an obedient act. But but if he trusted in that act, then he would place himself under the whole law and he would be obligated to keep every law in the Bible uh, by thought, word, and deed. The Bible commands us what we are to think, what we are to do, and how we are to behave. And no man, no fallen man, can sufficiently keep the law of God in every point. And the scriptures say, if you fail to keep the law in one point, you're guilty of all. And so, works have to do with faithful obedience to the law of God, or attempted obedience to the law of God. And no individual person 
is is saved through works. No man is justified by the works of the law, but we're saved by the grace of God. And that grace is a gift that the Lord bestows upon certain ones, his elect, who he has foreordained and predestinated to receive it. And so we're justified not by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ. However, when it comes to the churches, and uh, this is an address to the church at Sardis, and therefore an address to all churches throughout the church age, as each address, remember, concludes with that statement that uh, the Lord is speaking to all the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches is declared after each one of the addresses to the seven churches. And each church is obligated and responsible and duty-bound to obey all the commandments of God. They stand in a works relationship towards him, unlike individuals that uh, we, we live by the grace of God. We stand in his sight or are able to do so by his grace entirely and never by works. But the corporate body, the institution of the church, had to be faithful. And this is why God could judge individual congregations all throughout the church age due to their unfaithfulness. And it's why finally at the end of the church age, he could forsake the entire corporate entity of the churches and congregations because they were found unfaithful. They did not perfectly keep the law of God. And and here we have one of those statements that indicates this. Verse 2 of Revelation chapter 3. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now the Greek word translated as perfect here is Strong's number 4137, and it is almost always translated as fulfilled. Almost always. In some cases, it's translated as full, and in a couple of places, as complete. And only once is it translated as perfect, and that's in this verse in Revelation 3, verse 2. This is the only place in the Bible that this Greek word is translated as perfect. So, in in order to get a better idea of the meaning of this word and how God is using it here, we're going to look at several other uh, scriptures, other places in the Bible, where this word is used and and see how it's translated and finally, it will help us to understand what God is saying here in verse 2 of Revelation 3. Let's begin by turning to Matthew chapter 2. And there are many uh, places that I'm not going to turn to where it's used in, in this sort of way. But we're going to go to several of them. In Matthew 2, in uh, verse 14, it says, When he arose... He took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, 
saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Now, that word fulfilled is the same Greek word, which is translated as perfect. And and here, notice that it is speaking of a fulfillment of the scripture, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. And then also in verse 17 of Matthew 2, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying in Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And again, that's a reference to the prophecy in the book of Jeremiah that Rachel would weep for her children, and that prophecy was fulfilled when Herod ordered the young children to be slain in his attempt to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, a third time the same word is used is um, in verse 23 of the same chapter, Matthew chapter 2. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And, and we see a very similar use of this particular Greek word that it is used by God to describe a fulfillment of prophecy, Old Testament prophecy that uh, were fulfilled when Jesus entered into the world and and accomplished the things that God had wrote about. In Matthew 3, verse 15, it says there, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Now this had to do with, with the baptism of Christ. And uh, to fulfill all righteousness indicates to fulfill the law of God or the the will of God that Christ be baptized was in accordance with the scripture. And we we find this um, very same idea in Matthew 5 in verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Again, that's the word. Fulfill. Now, we can look at it this way, that uh, God gave a statement through a prophet as he, he moved a holy man of old to write or to declare a prophecy that came right from the mouth of God. And God has, of course, prophesied of many future things. He prophesies sometimes in specifics as we read Psalm 22 and we read there not a bone of him shall be broken or we read other things that are very uh, direct and and, uh, specific in nature and we find as we read the gospel accounts again and again that this statement will be made, the scripture was fulfilled by the prophet, which said that a bone of him shall not be broken and so forth. And basically, the Lord gives a verse or he he gives revelation in the Old Testament. And this would apply to any part of the Bible. But um, we see that in the New Testament, a fulfilling of the Old Testament repeatedly 
And and the Lord gave a verse, a revelation in the Old Testament, and that verse was not fulfilled until Christ came or until something else occurred to fulfill it. And to fulfill it indicates that there was a filling up of the prophecy, that it was not complete or not fulfilled. Uh, It says in Matthew 26, this is just another example of of the use of this word in Matthew 26 and verse 54 through 56. Well, let me start in verse 53. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, are ye come out against the thief? with swords and stays for to take me. I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, that all the disciples forsook him and fled again and again and again, that the scriptures be fulfilled. It's of the uh, the greatest importance. It's uh, utterly important that the scriptures be fulfilled. It cannot be, in other words. It just um, is an impossibility for God to declare something and for them to lack fulfillment, for them not to be filled up to a full measure. And uh, God makes certain that everything he says, 99 0.9% may be excellent for man, but it is nothing but failure for God, who is true and faithful, and it is an impossibility for him to lie. And therefore, everything he has declared, 100% of the statements that deal with future fulfillment are fulfilled in their particular time and season. And we'll see that God also makes a point of emphasizing that. But let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, and we'll again read this word, this particular Greek word translated as perfect, but most often translated as fulfilled. In Matthew 13, 34, it says, All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Again, Christ himself speaking in parables was nothing but a fulfillment of Scripture. And then a little further down in verse 47 of Matthew 13, it says there, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, now that's our same word, here translated as full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. And uh, this is referring to uh, a net that was cast into the sea and when the net was full, there's no more room for 
for any more fish, any more sea creatures. The net is completely full. And that's the idea which is helpful to allow us to visualize and understand what God means by the prophecy of uh, being fulfilled or that which was spoken by the prophet is fulfilled. The, the prophecy is given and it's like an empty cup to a degree. It must be filled up full measure. The declaration has to be completed in, in time at some point according to the gospel program of the Bible. This is why, for instance, the Lord Jesus says in John chapter 7, in verse 8, concerning the Feast of Tabernacles, Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. And and the word full is this same Greek word we've been looking at. My time is not yet full come. And, and this is in reference to the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and uh, what we know about that feast is that the prophets, Moses and others, wrote down information concerning the Feast of Tabernacles. It, it was divine revelation right from the mouth of God. And as with other feasts, it needs to be fulfilled. There has to come a time when the feast is fulfilled. That is the deeper spiritual meaning of the feast itself must be filled up. And, and what is the deeper spiritual meaning? Well, it has to do since it's held in conjunction with the Feast of Ingathering, the bringing in of the final harvest of the year, it has to do with the end of time, with the return of Christ, the final end of all things for this earth, as God takes his people out of the world and destroys the earth itself and this whole creation in a final act to uh, completely annihilate sin and the sinner and to remove the stain of sin from all existence. And then God turns his attention to eternity future and the new heaven and new earth. The Feast of Tabernacles has not yet been fulfilled that way. And that's why Jesus says that his time in relationship to this feast is not yet full come. This this feast remains in a prophetic state, in a in a condition where it has been prophesied of, but not yet fulfilled. Now we had thought that it would be fulfilled on October 21 of 2011, which was five months after May 21, and and yet it was not because we have learned that the five months was a spiritual statement or a spiritual period of time, which is describing the entire duration of the Day of Judgment, which could be 1,600 days. There's a good possibility that it will be 1,600 days from May 21. And what happens when we add 1,600 days 
of the day of judgment to 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation, judgment on the churches, we arrive at 10,000 days of overall judgment upon mankind, the church and the world, and that points to completeness. And what is completeness related to? Filling up. It is the full measure of the cup of the wrath of God that is being meted out to the rebellious people created in his image. So the last day of this 1600-day period, which would also be the 10,000th day since judgment began at the house of God, May 21, 1988, will be also the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And and we're looking uh, in expectation of since the scriptures declare that the Feast of Tabernacles must be fulfilled. And Jesus says that his time is not yet full come to go up to that feast. And the deeper spiritual fulfillment of the feast is the end of the world and the completion of all things. We're looking at October 7th in the year 2015 as the fulfillment, the filling up of the prophecies related to the Feast of Tabernacles because that date, 1600 days from May 21 and 10,000 exact days from of the beginning of judgment on the church. That day also happens to be the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the travel day, the ninth day, in which all of the participants, all of those that were to travel to Jerusalem to attend the feast were now to go home. It is the time of returning home again, after completing the Feast of Tabernacles, and that is what uh, we're looking expectantly forward to. And it's why we think there's a good possibility that that will be the Lord's uh, finalizing this day of judgment and completing the test since uh, it's 1600 days, which is 40 times 40, upon his elect who have been tried as gold and silver are tried through a fiery trial of faith during these days and completing the judgment on all the unsafe people of the world. That it is 10,000 days since that judgment began. Well, um, this this word we're finding is, is helpful in, in helping us to see how God does fulfill. He fills up the scripture he he has prophesied, he has spoken, and certainly it will come to pass. Now it says in Colossians 4, in verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete. The word complete is a translation of the same Greek word, in our verse in Revelation 3, 2, as perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, when we go back to our verse, let's let's turn back there. And again, the last part of verse 2 says, For I have not found thy works perfect before God. 
uh, now we uh, understand that particular Greek word much better. We could read it. I have not found thy works fulfilled before God or full before God or complete before God. They're, they're not complete in all the will of God concerning his declarations to the churches. That is, God has given commandments to the church and they have failed to live up to them. They have not uh, delivered the gospel faithfully, perfectly in, in its entirety to the inhabitants of the world as they were descended forth. They have not been faithful in commandments concerning qualifications of deacons and elders. They have not been faithful in other areas of church authority and and discipline and so forth, in the things that God has in particular commanded them to be faithful with. And so the Lord says uh, that I have not found thy works complete before God. You have not fulfilled all righteousness, in other words, as the Lord Jesus Christ was so concerned about doing. You have developed high places. You have allowed the doctrines of men to uh, take on greater importance than the doctrines of my word, the Bible. You, you have lifted up and exalted confessions and creeds and particular theologians and their statements above the statements of God in the Scripture. And so thy works are not perfect. They are not complete. And this is why God finally brought the judgment on the church, because when he came to visit, he did find their sins. He found their acts of rebellion against him, their disobedience, their unfaithfulness, and And God, of course, requires absolute faithfulness and adherence to his commandments for the institution of the church. And he was fully justified and right to condemn the congregations, to bring the judgment upon them, and to start the judgment process at the end of the world. 